You're listening to Helping Those with DID, a podcast of Lydia Discipleship Ministries. Thank you for your desire to gain more understanding of how to best help those with dissociative issues. You can visit our website at www.lydiadm.org. And now, let's listen in. Hello, everyone. We're so glad to be with you again today and to take a look at trauma once again. Um, But from a deeper perspective, we talked not too long ago in a podcast about the systematic impact of trauma on the whole person. And so Dr. Elaine and I were thinking about taking a deep dive into those different elements of what someone may be experiencing. And today is going to be very interesting because I think it's such an overlooked topic. Um, So I'm excited to really learn from you today, Dr. Elaine. Thanks so much for sharing with us. And let's get started. Well, yes, hi, Lindy. I think what you said is right on. And that is that a lot of times when we look at complex trauma, we look at the effects emotionally. We look at the effects of the outcome of that abuse, such as uh, the choices that the the client makes. There's a lot of effects, but we want to look more carefully at one specific thing. We're not talking about the important considerations of physical abuse whether it's having closed head injuries or burns or even damage to internal organs. But we're going to be talking more about what happens in the brain because there's an important link that the brain has with complex trauma. And that's the issue of autoimmune diseases. I have seen this actually without knowing it in the past working with human trafficking survivors. And I so wish I had the information that we're going to talk about because what I noticed was there would be such a sense of forward movement and encouragement and maybe even like the start of a new job and what we would qualify as successes, you know, in our outward perspective. And then there would just be this physical crash where um, a young woman, you know, couldn't get up for several days, even out of bed after seeming to do well for a while. And it would, I would notice that that would maybe even be in a cycle or um, unexpectedly. And even going to doctors, perhaps sometimes, and there's not even something they can find that's wrong, which probably is good to take as a second um, piece of this. But let's talk first about, I don't want to derail us with the autoimmune piece. So let's stick there and tell us more about that. I'm sure some of you have read Vandercook's book, The Body Keeps the Score. It's really a good book that's pretty intensive. But The body is a key player in keeping the person alive and keeping the person sane. And if we think of the brain as the the master switch in many areas, and this then this area of 
autoimmune diseases, we're talking about the body finally saying, I'm, I've had enough. And it shows itself in a sense, or speaks to us in a sense, by having autoimmune diseases, which the frustrating part is they are so hard to diagnose because there's a variety of symptoms, but also there may be symptoms one day and then there wouldn't be those symptoms the other day. But we're talking about autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, fibromyalgia, multiple sclerosis, where the body actually turns against itself and begins to destroy or compromise bones or tissues. These autoimmune diseases, as I said, are mainly, there's mainly no treatment for them. And so on top of the person trying to overcome all the emotional aspects of complex trauma, they also now have to deal with a very invasive um, situation where their body does not have the energy. It does not have, um, it's almost as though it's been compromised in a way that adds to the trauma of the healing journey. I have a question for you about this. It's a curiosity. Would something like this show up in a child um, that's going through complex trauma on a regular basis? Or do these show up later on when things are seemingly better? When do you, is there a pattern to that? Well, just from personal experience, I don't know if it's definitive or not. But I think that often later in life, things come, quote unquote, come to a head mm. so that a disease may be brewing in a sense and the DNA may be changing uh, and the brain structures may be evolving. And then at some point, there's an outburst in a sense of these autoimmune diseases. So perhaps a little bit later on, mm -hmm. do you see this more coming out when someone has found a measure of safety or normalcy, or is there a connection there at all or not so much? I don't think there's a connection there. Where the connection is, in my mind, is the intensity of the struggle of the journey. And if it the, the added stress... And it, Autoimmune diseases are triggered by stress. The added stress of the healing journey for some people reaches a point where the body just says, no, this is enough. So that's an interesting thought as we are here speaking to counselors. So they may be working with a client and digging into history and story. And might that be a time when some of this starts to erupt, to use your word? Yes, I think that is real common. And I don't know what makes the difference of someone who goes through a healing journey and the stress that's there is mediated some way differently than someone who goes through a similar thing but ends up with an additional issue physically it may have somewhat to do with capacity mm -hmm. i could see that just the physical and emotional capacity to endure whatever is before that person at that time within this 
space also then, I have noticed perhaps what I alluded to earlier, what what does it mean when someone is experiencing all these things physically, but then they go to the doctors and every test comes back negative and there's multiple specialists and there just feels this huge question mark of, I know I'm not okay physically. I know I'm in pain or something very real is happening. There doesn't seem to be any um, medical answer to that. I think one of the things that comes into play is the client may begin to think I'm making this up mm-hmm. because the doc, well, for example, fibromyalgia 15 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, I went to a doctor and I had all the symptoms of that. And he said, well, I don't, I don't really think that's a, a disease. You know, it's more an emotional. Well, then 15 years later now it's accepted and they have, visible proof that what's going on in fibromyalgia issues. So I think it touches back to that thought in the client's mind about her memories. Maybe I'm making it up. Interesting. So it sort of reignites that it's though like you have a smoldering fire and there's no red in it. It's just a little bit of smoke. And all of a sudden it bursts out Mm -hmm. and that power of that thought, maybe I'm making this up. I think we underestimate it. Okay. So if that thought is, and that's such a fearful and damaging thought in and of itself, how can we counteract that as counselors, as um, caring individuals in someone's life who is sharing all of these physical maladies, which are very um, real and affecting every part of their life, their ability to work, um, to function, to have relationships. What does it look like to enter into that space with someone in an honoring way? I think that uh, one of the first things is if we have a, a, well, let's call it a healing worldview that includes the body. That's the very first thing. Like we were saying earlier, um, the stress, that there's a hormone, cortisol is a hormone, and it has an effect or influence over the immune system. Okay. And it's called the stress hormone hmm. because it is active in the flight or fight situation. Okay. And so if you have an underlying immune issue or immune weakness, then when things burst up, your body is flooded with this cortisol and and basically your mind is flooded with stress. And so that's where the flare-ups, we could call them, happen. Because all these diseases have that as a component. It's not a consistent presentation. Mm-hmm. There's flare-ups and then it goes away. I wanted to just mention quickly, there's a structure in the brain, it's in the temporal lobe, called the hippocampus. And it forms part of the limbic system, which we know regulates emotions and how we respond emotionally. But it also has a major role or a strong impact on the immune system. I thought it was really interesting. I saw a study that they did with, I'm not sure how many, but 
It was with Vietnam veterans. When they were growing up, they had a normal hippocampus develop. And then they went to Vietnam. And because of the level of stress, the hippocampus, in a sense, shrunk. So when they came back with PTSD, the hippocampus wasn't the same size. And yet when they found treatment and, and were emotionally healthy, the hippocampus went back to the right size. So the brain literally transformed right. in that traumatic situation. Mm-hmm. Well, think of it then as a child who's going through a dev- developmental stage in his brain. His, if it's constant stress, body is under attack and it decides how to defend itself and ironically it looks at the autoimmune diseases as a protection. Hmm. But the hippocampus can't develop the way it's supposed to, which means their immune system is not working right. Because those two are right together, right? Is right. what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So there's that connection between that healthy hippocampus and a strong immune system. Right. So one and the other are just completely intertwined. Right. And in a sense, we could say that autoimmune diseases are the body trying to get our attention. Oh, tell me more about that. Well, I think if we really realize how embedded and how central the body is to the healing process and to the health of the client, we would begin to see that In a sense, the body is sending up a red flag. Okay. And it's saying something is not right here. And interestingly enough, sometimes the autoimmune disease um, that flares up precedes the person's interaction with memories Mm -hmm. and dealing with some of the emotional impacts. They may not even know that they had been abused. And yet, all of a sudden, they have MS. So it can precede the work that we do with the client in terms of their emotional moving forward. I had an interesting situation happen. Sometimes when I was at work, I would not even know that I had accidentally gotten a paper cut or something until I could see just a little spot of blood on my paperwork. Well, when the Lord was talking to me about how I viewed my body. He said, when you have a cut or whatever, make lots of fuss about it the way you've seen other mothers fuss about it. And I thought, well, that's a bit strange, but okay. So the next time something happened, I uh, touched it and I said, oh, out loud, oh, I'm so sorry I hurt myself. Oh, I don't deserve to be hurt. And I was touching it. But the interesting thing to me was that it was almost that I could hear the body uh, being uh, shocked at that touch, that gentle touch that I was giving it. And it was almost like it said, what what is that? I, I don't know what that is. It was quite a moment. And 
since then, the Lord has done a lot with me to accept my body because I used to think of myself from the neck up. Uh, so the touching of my body in situations was very key to me to make a connection with the body. So that's part of what we can do is encourage the client to get engaged in some way as the Lord leads with their body's response to things. Even in a counseling session, if if there's a traumatic memory, um, encouraging them to find a way to surround, in a sense, their body's response, whether it's touching both forearms or hugging yourself or whatever. So you bring the body into the healing situation. That is beautiful that the Lord gave you that wisdom um, for your own self, because my thought would be, it would be a very natural thing to to disconnect from a body that's experiencing such horrific trauma. And so this is like such a beautiful picture of bringing that part of yourself back together and even almost giving your body a voice is Mm -hmm. kind of what I'm hearing and allowing it to speak to you in a way. What does that sound like a right way to say that? Mm -hmm. I think that's right on because it is giving the body a voice. Well, you know, there are extremes where the body totally shuts down. It moves past the immune response. Um, they call it, they used to call it a conversion issue. But what it meant was that the body just totally shut down, whether it was catatonic or it could be that the body also wanted to express itself by responding to horrific trauma, whether it's going blind temporarily or being paralyzed. The body itself had reached the breaking point in those situations. And just kind of flipped the switch, Mm -hmm. right? And said, I can't function regularly anymore. I've got to take a break. Um, That's all I have to give right this is um so valuable because like you said at the beginning we talked about we think so much about um the emotions and all of these different parts of um healing but i feel like this is crucial to really walking alongside someone in a holistic way and offering um, truth to them, but also bringing truth to our own lives about uh, the person in front of us and what their healing looks like. So thank you so much for explaining a lot of things. It's um, really been helpful. Well, thank you, Wendy. I hope it does. All right. We'll talk to you all again soon. You can visit our website for resources at www.lydiadm.org. 